This is the 4501 Podcast, Episode 3, Why Younger Generations Yearn to Travel. Hey, Tony, what's up? Hey, Mark. Not too much. How you doing? What are you up to and where are you? I am in Richmond this time at my younger sister's house, and I'm just preparing to travel tomorrow. I'm leaving for South America for five weeks. You're going to South America. Yes, Where sir. Where are you going, South Africa? I was about to say <laughs> South Africa. So my parents just got back from South Africa, so I might slip and say that. But where are you going to in South America? America. I almost did it again. <laughs> the plan is to start off in Colombia, which if you're not familiar, is in Northwest South America. And then just work my way down through Ecuador and then down to Peru, which is where Lima is and Machu Picchu. Okay. So uh, you will be podcasting from South America, right? Correct. I, As long as I have good internet speed and a quiet place, we'll record a couple episodes down there. Does, does, does the South America actually have good internet? I sure hope so. <laughs> What's better internet? The Amish country that you're from or South America? I'll have to let you know in a couple of weeks. It would be it would be incredible if South America has faster internet than where you're from. I'm sure some parts do. Uh, I do have a question for you, though, Tony, before we start the podcast. This is a podcasting question. So my wife was listening to the demos that we put together of episode one and two. And the first comment she said was, you know, you cut Tony off a lot. So do I cut you off a lot when you're when we're podcasting? I did not notice that. I, like, is it true? Well, okay. We'll leave it up to the viewers. If you think I cut Tony off a lot, then in YouTube, comment down below. Or I don't know if you can leave comments in the actual podcast world, like in the feed. I think, yeah, I think you might be able to, especially if you go with Pinecast. I think that was an option. Okay. Well, so leave a comment in the actual uh, Pinecast feed or whatever they give us. Or you can tweet us at the 451 podcast that's our new handle or you can email us at the 4501 podcast at gmail.com so check out those areas you guys got lots of options yeah let us know if you think i am cutting tony off during this podcast so let's get into it so tony you are going off to columbia what like tomorrow morning right that's right 6 a.m 6 a.m that's an early. how long is the flight uh, it's a Fort Lauderdale layover, so two hours or so. So, like, you talked about this with me beforehand, but why did you pick South America? South America is not notorious, but it's famous for being a cheaper budget backpacker destination. And as you all know by now, that is one of my top priorities when traveling. So another one would be, like, Southeast Asia. But for this one, because of the time of year, I figured that South America would be a good option for me to travel to as a budget backpacker. I gotcha. Okay. So this is kind of going on today's topic, which is why younger generations yearn to travel. So what particularly about Colombia drew you to starting there, I guess? I think geographically, just the fact that it's at the top of South America was a good choice. And then I could just kind of work my way down from the Gulf of Mexico right there. And it was close enough to Lima, which is close to Machu Picchu, which is like the highlight of my trip, I guess, like the big attraction that I'm going to see. So that's kind of what led me there. And as always, a cheap flight doesn't hurt either. Yeah, especially as a, as a budget backpacker, 
as we talked about in the last episode, episode two, Backpacking Basics. That was it. I actually never knew you could actually go to Columbia as a, uh, a, a backpacking location. So how did you find out about that? Um, I think just doing some research, like there's a lot of travel blogs that I follow. I think one of the big ones is Nomadic Matt. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, but he has a lot of good resources on there. A, another one is the budgetmindedtraveler.com and they have lots of, you know, backpacking itineraries just for Colombia alone, let alone everywhere else in South America. So I use those as my resources. So are, are these websites or are they social media accounts or what are they? They are websites, but I know that they do have social media accounts. And that's actually a really good segue into why the younger generations you're into travel is because of all these social media presence of these social media influencers such as Nomadic Matt and the Budget Minded Traveler. They have Instagram accounts, they have Twitter accounts, they have Facebook accounts, and they have all these beautiful pictures of these gorgeous destinations from all around the world. And that is one of the reasons that the younger generation is trying to travel is yearning to travel because of those pictures over the years i think instagram and facebook and not necessarily twitter but i think it's been more youtube instagram facebook they just built up this kind of this following of, of what they call like social media influencers right and so these people have amassed i don't know hundreds of thousands of followers on instagram doing whatever they do and then they'll go to these remote destinations and then they'll just post pictures and then everyone wants to go there now. They kind of, I feel like they, in some regard, they do glamorize it a little bit though, right? I mean, yeah. if you're going to Central America or South America, you're in the middle of a jungle. I mean, it can't be that glamorous. It's still hot and humid. You're still getting bitten by mosquitoes. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. The fact that you're only seeing like the highlight of the trip, the the filtered, the literally the filtered pictures of the best scenic view in that area, wherever you are, is what is being posted to Instagram. But you never see the in-between moments like the dirty bus rides and the you know, the gross sanitary conditions wherever you're at. But in any case, people love it. Younger generations especially, they're all over it and they feel like they should travel too it definitely doesn't have a trickle-down effect i think you're right yep yep and part of that is the fear of missing out like you see your friends going on all these cool trips across the united states across the world and you want to do the same so it's kind of like a fomo case in that instance yeah no, no i mean i feel the same way about your trip right now i would say that you going on all these trips makes me want to give up grad school and then just give it all up don't you dare just, just quit quit on my in my last year and then you're so close travel the world you're so close i know right <laughs> i know that but i mean but that's but that's what happens to kids or, or people our age i feel like they're just seeing all these people um not quit their jobs necessarily but make the time to uh travel they dedicate travel time to travel outside of their busy lives and it just makes people want to do it yeah, for sure. And I, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but we did talk, ab- we're going to talk about gap years. And that is something that I feel like in America, we don't have a lot of kids doing. You know, a gap year, if you're not familiar, is defined as the period of time between high school and college that someone goes out and kind of does like a self-discovery trip, doing whatever they want to do, pursuing passions, whatever it is. And that is very popular, especially overseas in Europe. But dedicated time like that 
for Americans is not something that we are used to or that we have in common over here. Yeah, yeah. So the one thing I just thought about while you're saying, kind of to circle back on the Instagram stuff, think about how easy it is to just book a trip compared to 15, 20 years ago, right? I remember my mom trying to book tickets for us on like whatever Expedia or whatever it was back then, whatever booking site we used for flights. And now you can literally just go on to an app like Southwest or United and you can purchase a flight through the app. You can actually book a hotel through the app. You don't have to go through a travel agent anymore. And I would say like maybe that, do you think that's contributed to why kids travel so much? It's just a lot easier to do it. It's a lot easier to book and plan a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Book your trip, plan your trip and share your trip from your phone and you, like for the first part of that you don't even have to get up off the couch to do it no more travel agents I, I can't even imagine 20 years ago trying to trying to travel it's just so easy now to travel it's like not even fair and that's definitely part of the reason for the increase in traveling for the younger generations i believe do you think it's 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 weird to think that there still are travel agents around yeah and that's a really good point because my parents go to when they want to do a trip is a travel agent. Like they'll go to AAA and sit down yeah. with a travel agent. They, they're not used to the same Expedia.com or booking.com or whatever as we are. Yeah. My mom's, well, I guess my mom, my mom works at AAA. And so she's not a full blown travel agent, but she still like is able to plan trips out for people. And it's so she, she sometimes she'll tell me that people go into her office and they'll request maps because they don't know how to use their cell phone for like Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, I feel like my parents would be one of those people. That's pretty insane. Come on. It's funny how just from a couple generations below, our parents is vastly different. Have your parents taken a lot of trips this year? Like my parents have probably, they just, I mean, they just got back from South Africa. So they took, I don't know, maybe one big trip this year. What about yours? Yeah, that's a big trip for sure to South Africa. Uh, my parents have done just more so like trips for visiting family. So my sister lives in Arkansas, my other sister. So they went down there a couple times. And then and other than that, just kind of like short day trips in the car to get away for yeah. a weekend. Okay, so you have a bigger family than me. You have two sisters. I only have one sister. If you're comparing the amount of travel between your parents and I guess our our level, the the, the our, our siblings, who travels more? Who would you say? Absolutely, hands down, uh, my me and my siblings. Yeah, I agree too. Same for you. Yeah, my sister, she does a lot of traveling for her job, but even outside of that, she does travel for leisure as well. And that was Andrea, uh, my older sister, and then my younger sister. She's always going somewhere like Florida. Oh, and she always talks about planning trips to Europe and whatnot. So there's there's definitely a lot more desire to travel for me and my siblings. I just did a quick Google search here on generational differences from adults. And so the actual statistic is, I, and I, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, don't yell at me, but millennials travel on average four times per year, whereas any other age group travels about three times a year. And so I guess one more vacation per year. But I mean, in our experience, I feel like that's that's low. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, when you're comparing 
millennials and younger generations to older generations, there's going to be much higher differences in the amount of trips taken. And not only that, but the length of time of the trip taken. So I would say that our parents' styles of trips, so like the theme of their trips, are a lot different than what type of trips we take. Don't you think? So like when my parents went to South Africa, it was more to... I guess, see the sights of it. I mean, they're from South Africa. Don't get me wrong. So it's to see family, but they also wanted to sightsee and they did a lot of tours of the city and stuff like that. Whereas if it were me, I kind of like to go to cities, do a little bit of sightseeing, but I want to feel relaxed on that trip. Um, And I also want to do stuff that's actually fun. I mean, going on tours is okay, but uh, I would rather go ziplining than go on a museum tour, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm similar to you and my parents are similar to your parents as well. So I actually did some research before this podcast episode and that's actually spot on. A study by Expedia, a national survey, showed that baby boomers tend to desire to travel to experience things such as sightseeing or touring, whereas millennials and Gen X desire more stuff like relaxation, you know, going to the beach and sitting on the beach all day. And then whereas the youngest generation, Generation Z, those type of travelers value adventure experiences such as exploring different places and trying new things. So I get, I always get this backwards. Gen Z is after us or what is Gen Z before us? It's after us. Gen Z is younger than us. So they were born between the mid nineties to, you know, the early two thousands. Okay, so so Janelle's a Gen Zer. Janelle's a Gen Zer. Well, Janelle actually, actually Janelle would be a right on the border of millennial and Gen Z because she was ninety two. What what group do you think she falls into? I would. Don't get it wrong. She'll 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 yell at you if you get it wrong. Outside of traveling, I'd say she was a Gen Zer. Oh man. Okay. Janelle, if you don't like that response, uh, like in the comment below. <laughs> She's gonna dislike or, or post it post it on the podcast <laughs> comments. Or tweet us, or email at us. Or all of them. <laughs> but at the same time, we're also seeing a shift in prioritizing experiences over things, I think, across all generations. Wouldn't you agree, Mark? Yeah, I think so. So, like, I when I go on these trips, or my trips, obviously, I want to do things that I can keep as a memory for the rest of my life. So, I would say it's not about the quality of the trips I take, but how much I can get done in one trip, okay? So, like, when I went to Europe, we hit up five cities in a matter of two weeks. And I we didn't fully get to explore each city to the extent that you could, but at the same time, we got to visit five different cities, and we have memories made in every single one of them, right? So I would feel like my parents, if they did that same trip, they had two weeks in Europe they wouldn't go to five different cities. That's just too tiring for them. They would probably just stick to two or three and just do a lot of tours. I'll do a lot of those museums and just take their time through it and really feel the culture and stuff like that. Whereas for us, did I get a feeling of it? Yes. But do I really care for it to be determined? Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And we can actually dedicate a whole episode to like slow travel versus fast travel and whatnot. There's definitely different ways that you can approach it. But at the end of the day, I think that the younger generations are 
more geared towards traveling at a faster pace, seeing more things and prioritizing those experiences. And along those same lines, you know, maybe not bringing back as many souvenirs as their parents would. Yeah. So, for example, like when we went to the Vatican while we were in Rome, there are hundreds of tours you can take. And my wife and I only took one, which took us to see the Sistine Chapel and stuff like that. But we met a lot of older people there who basically did every single tour there. They went to go see the catacombs. They went to go see how St. Peter's Basilica was built. They went to go see the outlying Vatican offices. And this happened over multiple days because these tours are like four or five hours long. So I definitely think that kids our age matter more about building those long-lasting memories as opposed to just getting hit with knowledge like a sledgehammer every single day on a trip. That's not that's not relaxing. That's just hurting my brain. Yep, and that just definitely right there goes to show the generational differences between baby boomers, millennials, Gen X, and Gen Z. Yeah. So, question for you. So, when you're backpacking in these hostels, meeting new people, do you guys take a lot of tours of the city, or what do you guys do? So, uh, you meet a lot of gap year kids, and I guess we can talk about this now, but... Are those gap year kids actually taking tours and exploring the city on dedicated tours, stuff like that, going to the museums, experiencing the culture of the city, perhaps? I think very minimally doing tours. For me personally, I like to do like a walking tour of a new city just to get like a general overview about what the city has to offer. And I've definitely been on those type of tours with fellow backpackers and especially people on gap years. But outside of that, Spending a day at the museum is not something that I see very commonly when I am backpacking with these type of people. Okay, so so the gap year. Do you think the gap year is is something that most kids should do? Because in the U.S. we don't really do it that much. I mean, I went. I'm a prime example of not doing that. So I went straight from undergrad to a master's program, and straight from a master's program to a PhD program. So it's like I wish I could have done a gap year, but we just don't do it. Absolutely. I feel like, at least from a personal experience, I did not do a gap year either, similar to you, Mark. And I'm kind of doing it backwards. Like I I went to do my career for six years and then now I'm kind of like doing a gap year. If If that was kind of reversed and I did my gap year right after high school or right after college, then that would have been a much more uh, typical series of events. And with that being said, I think that having a gap year, and we talked about this before too, having a gap year or just traveling in general makes you a more well-rounded person. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I think that's why a lot of colleges allow students to study abroad because they understand the benefits of experiencing another culture and living in another place and getting a lot out of being somewhere away from home. I was looking at statistics earlier and there's a lot of research out there that proves that students who do study abroad have a better rate of success when going to get a job or going to grad school than students who do not study abroad. Do you know what though? What's that? The people who go study abroad and kind of just are like, oh, but in Paris they do this are super annoying. <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever experienced you that. you never experienced that? Really? No. Like, when I was in Paris, we did this, this, and this. Well, you're not in Paris anymore. You're in, you're in Maryland. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there may be a, a slight drawback They're to studying They're just annoying, abroad. man. 
I, I, that might just be a specific person. That probably is that, a person thing. <laughs> yeah, attributes to everybody. Yeah. So, so what do you think the point of a gap year actually is, though? Well, I think the point of a gap year is mainly for self-discovery, but also learning to be independent and actually taking time to mature and even pursue a passion, if that's something that someone's interested in. So how can you pursue a passion while you're on a gap year? I mean, that like, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, for okay, let's say you're taking, let's just call this your gap year, right? What are you trying to accomplish on this trip? And I guess this kind of goes back to the why people travel, why people backpack episode we just talked about last week but what are you hoping from this so specifically from my gap year as a whole i'll talk about i don't expect anything specifically out of going to south america but as my gap year if we're putting it in that context yeah i want to kind of experiment with different types of ways of making money online and one of those is this podcast and one of those is vlogging and one of those is blogging so those each individually could be considered passions but i feel like with all the time in the world on my hands during my gap year where i don't have a job to go to every day i can focus all of my attention on those passions individually and hopefully build something great for myself out of that okay that makes sense yeah I, I wish I could have won on a gap year, multiple gap years. Well, your gap year is coming up after uh, you graduate. No, 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 the plan is for me to go straight into a, a postdoc. Maybe I'll take like a gap a gap month. Gap month, gap couple months, whatever you got to do. Gap That's... week, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. It's just weird that U.S. people don't take gap year. And maybe, maybe it's going to become a more frequent kind of thing, that U.S. people or kids... U.S. recent college graduates don't take a gap year, and then the Europeans do. It's just kind of amazing how that turned out. Yeah, and I don't, like like you said, we don't have anything to back it, but I do think the trend is going in that direction where, you know, say 10, 20, 30 years down the road, we will see more Americans taking gap years than do now. Do you think part of the reason for that, and you can say yes or no to this, but do you think part of the reason for U.S.-based kids not taking that gap year is because they go abroad they study abroad for a semester at a different country you know that's a really good question but if you think about it international students do also study abroad don't they like we have yep so so they have that same opportunity as we do so i can't see that as being an excuse for not taking a gap year i i really think that comes back to america and the society that we live in where it's just not accepted it's not an accepted thing in the american culture oh you think it's a cultural thing yeah absolutely because you know we're, we're so much more fast-paced than some of these other countries and you know there's a clear path to success high school college grad school for some and then career after that and then you work in your career until you retire that is like the definition of i guess i don't know a new american dream right like to go yep. through that path and if you're not doing that, if there's any disruption in that path, any veering off to the left or the right, then you are not going to be successful in some people's eyes. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I can see it even in the undergrads I work with now that a lot of them just have this set regimen. Go to school for four years, get a job for another X amount of years. So 
I can definitely tell there is some parental pressure and expectation that you shouldn't necessarily take a gap year and then go to work. You know, the expectation is that once you, you have a college degree, if you're not going for more schooling, then you're going to start making money. And I think that's applicable to our friends, too. I don't know of anyone who actually took time off after we graduated to go travel. They all got jobs or went to school. Yeah, now that I think of it as well, that is definitely the case. That's a really good point. I kind of regret not going to study abroad. Do you? I mean, we, we there are various factors. Like, we both swam, so swimming took up both semesters of college, so... I felt obligated to stick around and and swim for those four years. But if I had the chance to, and our coach was totally accepting of us if we wanted to go study abroad, but I chose not to. And Do you regret those decisions? Because you you didn't also. Yeah, I did not study abroad, and I absolutely do regret not studying abroad, mainly for the reason of that missed opportunity. Like, you can never go back and study abroad again in that context of undergraduate university similar to you it was just a scheduling issue between engineering and swimming it just didn't make sense to study abroad but to answer your question absolutely yes i i do regret not doing it yeah where would you have gone for some reason i had a draw to go somewhere in asia like china or japan like i wanted to study that language um, actually going into college but again it was a scheduling thing i couldn't fit it into my schedule so <laughs> i ended up taking latin which you know was very i did take chinese and i don't remember any of it okay so no no matter what language you take in college you're not going to remember well, it. i think you remember spanish yeah that's actually one thing i do also regret is not taking spanish in college well you're going to central america so i'm sure you'll pick up a lot of spanish there i hope so i actually i want to dedicate some time to what is it the duolingo app yeah you know a couple of, not a couple hours like 20 minutes each day if i just do that every day for five weeks i'll definitely learn some stuff by the end of the trip yeah so well let's wrap up this podcast is there anything else you want to talk about no not really mark i think just for those of you who are interested definitely check me out on my vlog if you're not already subscribed i'll uh, be vlogging every day down in south america for the next five weeks Actually, this doesn't make sense because this episode will be released probably by the time I'm back from South America. But if you want to go back and see what I've done in South America, definitely check that out. It's going to be linked in the show notes below. Okay. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube. We have an email address, uh, the 4501podcast. You can find us using that handle on pretty much all sites. And then you can check out my Instagram at the slashing panda, And you can check Tony out on Instagram at what? I am Tony Flo. Yeah, I am Tony Flo. Okay. So check us out there. Follow us. For our next podcast, we're kind of doing a 180 from traveling, and we will be talking about kind of what I do. So Tony's the traveler, but I'm still stuck in grad school, and so my actual profession is going to become a scientist. So there are a little bit different variances of science. We can talk about that next podcast, but we'll actually have a special guest, which should be interesting. He'll give a different take on science rather than mine. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And hopefully you guys are too. So stick around for that. It's going to be a good one. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. See everybody.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. Please follow us on Twitter at the 4501 Podcast to keep up with the latest news and events. If you have any suggestions for episodes or would like to contact us, shoot us an email at the 4501 podcast at gmail.com.